Well, I appreciate that clapping. So whoever was doing that, that was cool. I'm good with that. <clears throat> Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Um, I know this is a great day for a lot of people. I also know, and you know, that it's a challenging day for a lot of people. And um, wherever you are, we just want to let you know that we care about you. And we also know and want you to know that God really cares too. And so we just hope that somehow today, however it works, that he would bless you in a special way. We are in week three of our series called Framily. Again, this is friends and family combined. In week one, Jim Breckbuehler talked to us about what it means to be a Matthew 28 family. Great stuff. Last week, we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and looked at what it means to teach the next generation. And today, we're going to talk about uh, a topic called follow the leader. Now, <clears throat> I need a show of hands. How many of you have played the game follow the leader? Raise your hands. Seriously, everybody, raise your hands. All right. If you haven't played Follow the Leader, that's just weird. I don't know. Okay. Um, now, another show of hands. If when you're playing Follow the Leader, your favorite role is to be the follower, raise your hand. Yeah. Like three people. If your favorite role in this game is to be the leader, raise your hand. Yeah. Isn't that true? That's true for most of us, I think. It's interesting that in Ephesians chapter 6, we have some instructions. And again, these are instructions for the nuclear family, the, the parent and child home kind of situation. But they are also instructions for all of us as followers of Jesus, all of us as friends and family together. And just like in Follow the Leader, the game, there are times in life when you are the leader but there are times in life when you are the follower. And the cool thing about this passage is it gives us instructions for both, for children or followers and from, for parents or leaders. So we're going to look at these principles from Ephesians chapter 6, but first let's pray. God, um, <clears throat> we understand that there are times in life when we're supposed to be followers and times in life we're supposed to be leaders um, and all the time we're supposed to be following you and your principles. God, I pray that today, as we look at your word, there would be some clear directives for us, and we'd be able to take those and apply them to our lives and, uh, and walk with you more closely. God, thank you for the people who are here, um, and we just want to honor you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 1. If you have a, a Bible or if you're using the electronic uh, Bible, that's totally great. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Here we go. Children. All right, now we're going to stop. <laughs> now, I know that seems kind of odd. Normally, we read like a whole passage. Um, we just don't read one word. There are some people who teach that way, and it's totally fine. They just take one word and then like break it down for like 45 minutes. We're not going to do that, but I, I do want to stop here for a second because this is pretty significant. Here's what's going on. When this word children is spoken, this sort of indicates a change in the way things used to be in their relationship with God, as people related to God. Think back to the Old Testament. Maybe you remember when we were going through the story or in your other reading through the Old Testament, um, you understand the idea of the tabernacle or the temple. 
And in that building that represented the physical presence of God, there were zones, if you will. There was the place where the Gentiles were allowed to go, the court of the Gentiles, the court of women. There was the place where only some men could go. There were places that only priests could go. And then there was the most holy place where the high priest could go, and only once a year. So there were these various places where there were limits, and you were completely closed off. You did not have access to God. Well, when Jesus came, we know that changed. And what happened was when he lived his life and when he died on the cross and the temple veil was torn in half, and when he rose again, all of those barriers were removed. And so here you have, as this letter is being read to the group of people who are following God, you have slaves and women and children who normally in that society and in that culture were separated. They were not allowed into places of spiritual depth and growth. They're all together. That's a huge revolutionary shift. The church is available for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, and they are together. And that's one of the things we're excited about this summer. As we worship together this summer, we're all going to be in here with one service together. Children, adults, men, women, no matter what your social or economic status, it doesn't matter. You're a follower of Jesus. We're here together. That is a huge Huge change, and there are some neat things that happen with that. One body, one family. So let's go back to our text, but that's really significant. When you understand that, it opens up the word a little bit more to you. So, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So here we have some key principles for followers and some key principles for leaders, things that just help us with our life. And the very first thing is this, obey. Obey your parents. By extension, obey your teachers, leaders, officers, authorities. Now, we just confessed we don't like to follow. <laughs> I'd rather be the leader. This is hard for us to do. So why do we do it? Why do we follow? Why do we obey? Well, there are a lot of reasons. The, the first one and the most clear one is just given right in the text. It says, because this is right. It's just the right thing to do. And the real word is, is righteous. So God said, this is the righteous thing to do. In the Old Testament, he revealed his law to us, his ways to us. And he said, honor your parents. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to obey your parents. So the revealed will of God says this is what you're supposed to do. But there are also some other reasons to do this. There's the natural law. In other words, if society doesn't have laws and obedience to them, then you have chaos. And some of you work in, in professions where you see this happen. When people don't follow that, you see what happens. We all understand that. So for a society to function properly, you have to have obedience. And also, here's another really good reason. If you are a follower of Jesus, then that means you're supposed to do what Jesus did. Well, one of the things Jesus did was follow and obey his father. 
Do you remember that? There was a time when he was struggling. What do I do? God, I don't want to do this. But not my will, Father, yours be done. So as a follower of Jesus, you follow what he did. So you obey your parents. And there's also just a really practical reason. A lot of times parents and leaders and authorities know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. They're there for a reason. Now, human authority is not perfect. But a lot of times human authority does have experience and training and wisdom and understanding that a child or a follower doesn't have. So you might hear things like, hey, don't do this. Don't lie. Don't hurt people. Don't touch the stove. Don't wander off. When I was four or five, I don't know my exact age, and this is a shadow of a memory for me, but I've been told this story so many times that I can tell you basically what happened. Um, I was in children's church, and a couple of us uh, declared our necessity to use the restroom. And in that building, which was really small, um, the, the bathroom was just down the hallway, and so the teacher said, okay, you two go ahead and use the restroom down the hall. And so my understanding is there was a leader involved and a follower, and the leader at some point went beyond the bathroom, walked down the hallway, went behind the stage, walked up the steps, and started playing in the water of the baptistry. <laughs> and this leader supposedly told this other poor follower, go ahead and get in. It's not deep. <laughs> My home church, shortly thereafter, put a locked door <laughs> on the, on the uh, access to the baptistry. And Discover Christian Church has two locked doors on either side, and it's 100% because of me. <laughs> Absolutely true. I was like, we got to have them. You just never know. You know, sometimes when parents have rules there for a reason, you know, don't wander off. Don't do things that could create harm and danger and pain and problems. And they'll also give you some things to do, like work hard and be honest. Be fair with people. Listen to people. Be obedient and love. All kinds of things. Now, what about this phrase, in the Lord? This is an important thing for us to understand because it says, you know, you're supposed to obey your parents in the Lord. What does that mean? Well, one possible interpretation is that as your parents or your leaders do things that God has instructed them to do from the Word of God that are clearly led by Him, that you would follow those directions. So in the Lord, you follow what they do because they are in the Lord. But, Another interpretation, and certainly every, every bit is correct, would be this. You who are in the Lord need to follow your leaders, follow your parents. The connection of in the Lord is back to you, not to them. So your responsibility as a follower in the Lord is to do the right thing, to be obedient. In Colossians 3.20, it says, Children, obey your parents, for this pleases God. 
You're in Jesus, so obey your parents. And that pleases the Lord. And Jesus in John chapter 14 made a very clear connection between obedience and love. And that's the best motivation for obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to obey what I've told you to do. What a wonderful connection. Obedience. As you love the Lord, you obey him. So first, in the Lord, obey your parents and your leaders. Second thing is to honor your parents or your leaders. God gave us all kinds of laws and regulations in the Old Testament, but he gave us that top ten list, the Ten Commandments. And uh, in the first four, those were all about our relationship with God. And as you know, the next six were about our relationship with other people. And the very first of those additional six is to honor your father and mother. Many Jewish scholars said that this was the most important commandment. God says, look, one through four are about our relationship. Those are really important, but don't neglect six through ten. Those are every bit as important as our relationship because you're living here on earth and you have to live in this world and deal with them. They're both vital. Jesus talked about this in Mark chapter 7. It was interesting. There were some religious leaders who said, well, we know we have a responsibility to our parents, but we are going to take our, our money and our time and our effort that we should be giving to them, and we're just going to dedicate that to God instead. And Jesus said, you can't do that. That is unacceptable. Now, Jesus wasn't saying don't pay attention to God. You have a responsibility to the Lord as well. But he said, you can't take what you're doing for God and say that that's good enough for your parents, too. It's not. You have a responsibility to both parties. And as Christians, we're told many times in the Scriptures to obey and honor the leaders that we have. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, for example, it says, Pray for your leaders, because that's going to bring peace, and it's good, and it pleases God, and it may ultimately lead to their salvation. So are you doing that? Am I doing that? Are we honoring the people who are above us? Our leaders, and I know sometimes that's really hard to do because, you know, that in the Lord phrase is not happening, you know. They're not following the Lord. But Jesus is very clear. The word is very clear. Doing the first four commandments and doing this, this last six commandments, those are not, you can't do these four and say you've covered all ten. You can't do these six and say you've covered all ten. They're both really important. So we need to praise and obey and serve and love and spend time with and remember God. And we need to praise and serve and love and spend time with and obey and remember our leaders. Our parents, our dads, and our moms every day, but especially for our moms today.
So moms, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Dads, thank you. Leaders, thank you. But today, especially moms, mothers, we want to honor you and thank you. And we don't have enough words and we don't have the right things to honor you, but we do want to say thanks. And as a congregation today, as you leave, any lady who is 18 and older, we would like for you to, to pick up a gift as you head out. Um, whether you have physical children or not, you have spiritual children. And we thank you for your influence in the lives of the people in this congregation and throughout the world um, and maybe your own children. We thank you for, for that influence and the way that uh, you make a difference. So we want to honor you with a gift as you leave today. I was thinking about another way to honor our moms and uh, I thought, wow, the fruit of the Holy Spirit would be a pretty cool thing to exhibit. I'll bet every mom would feel honored by that. Like if their children, again, physical or spiritual children, if they exhibit love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, I think every mom would be happy with that as a gift to honor her, don't you? Pretty good stuff. What's really interesting about this passage, as it gives these instructions for obeying and honoring, it also gives us a promise, a blessing when we do that. Again, this commandment to honor your parents, to obey them, is not only the first commandment that's toward people, it's also the first commandment, the word says, with a promise. So that it'll go well with you and that you'll have a full life, an abundant life, a fruitful life, a long life. Your chances of those things are so much better when you honor and obey your parents and, and leaders. So we're supposed to all honor and obey in that role. But what about those who are parents or those who are leaders? What is their role? Well, again, this passage in verse 4 explains that those parents and those leaders must nurture their children and their followers. And, and that's a huge responsibility. A huge responsibility. It, it's hard to understand, but this is the truth. What you do molds and shapes the next generation. What you do molds and shapes the next generation. And so that's why it gives this very clear teaching. It says, do not exasperate these children, this next generation. But instead, would you bring them up? And the, the wording there, bring them up, it has the idea of, of to nourish, to nourish someone up to the point of maturity or, again, to nurture. And there are two words that are given here, training and instruction. You're supposed to give training and instruction to the next generation. And the word training is sometimes translated discipline in other uh, translations and that's it's totally a fine translation to do that because the root there is is that discipline leads to discipleship and so if you're going to make disciples as Jesus said we're supposed to do then discipline is part of that process not just corrective discipline being disciplined in the way that you train someone is the idea so you need to be consistent 
And that is so hard to do. It's much harder to be a consistent leader than it is to be inconsistent. You know that's the truth. And we are supposed to be beneficial leaders, not oppressive dictators. And some people, when they get into a role of leadership, they just demand that they would be respected and honored and obeyed. And, and really, that's something, yes, that should be given to you, but it's really something that's earned. So be beneficial, not oppressive. And, and remember that when you correct someone, you have to do that the right way. And you have to do it with gentleness and love. It's interesting when you're learning to drive, one of the things they'll do is they say, okay, if you go off, to the, off the side of the road, if you go onto the berm, what do they tell you never to do, right? Never go, what? right? Don't overcorrect because you're going to have more problems than you had at that particular second, right? So what you want to do, sorry about all the babies. That was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> you have to be gentle and get back in the right place the right way. It doesn't mean you're, you're mamby-pamby about it. You need firm direction, but you have to be consistent and you have to be loving and you have to be gentle as you make that correction. Do not overcorrect. So that's the first thing, be disciplined. But it also says that you're supposed to give instruction at the same time. Because I said so is not instruction. <laughs> My kids are like, yeah, tell me about it, Dad. Yeah, if you want the next generation to understand why something is important, you need to go that extra step and you need to instruct them. Give them reasons so they can reason on their own. So you want to instill God's values in them, but you also want to instill in them a value from God so they understand that they are worth the time and the effort that it takes to train them properly. So give them instruction at the same time. Now notice it says the phrase of the Lord. What does this mean? To give instruction and, and discipline of the Lord. Those are things that we're supposed to be doing. Here's what that's talking about. Education is really important. We have several educators in our congregation. We know in this northwest part of Columbus especially, there is a huge emphasis on education. There's a huge emphasis on education everywhere right now. And it's really important. But this is saying, would you give discipline and instruction in the Lord? And that responsibility is no one else's but yours. You can bring other people along to help you, just like we did with the baby dedication. But you know what? Those parents are responsible for those babies. We are responsible for who God puts in our life to train and to nurture and to instruct in the Lord. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. You have a, a better hopeful outcome when you train a child in the Lord. Joshua 24, 15, which we already used in our baby dedication time. You have to choose who you're going to serve, and instruct that as part of your house. This is your responsibility. And again, Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, Teach them everything I have commanded you. Again, physical children, spiritual children. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 
teach the next generation. See, because if you do what's right, there's a really good chance they're going to do what's right too. Training and instruction are blessings. Those are wonderful gifts to pass on to the next generation. So, pass them on. You know, spring is a time where we focus on the garden, right? Or the lawn or the flower beds and we spend time there. And I've discovered that over time you have to know what you're doing. So there's that knowledge piece, you know? You have to have some understanding. Um, and you also have to have discipline. Because if, if you have all the knowledge in the world but you don't go do anything about it, it doesn't matter. But if you just have the discipline but you don't know what you're doing... It doesn't work either. So you have to have both components. Now, have you ever worked in a, a bed, you know, of flowers, let's say, and, you know, for five years, you've done a really good job with that. And then one year you just decide, I, I'm not going to do anything with it this year. I'm sure it'll be fine. What happens? Well, you know what happens. We all, we all see that. You have problems. And if it's true for flowers, it's true for followers, for children. There's this now, this is the season to focus on training and forming lives. Right now is the season. And you can't let the season pass. Too many problems and too much destruction if we do that. So we need to create a healthy environment so that there can be healthy growth. And I was thinking this week, remember that the, the people that you are raising, again, physically or spiritually, are going to be raising the next generation. And I've seen many grandparents who seem to have a better perspective on how to do parenting than they did when they were parents themselves. Part of that's learning from experience. I think part of it is it's just so hard when you're in the day-to-day -day part of it. So step back and let God lead you. Let him direct you. Because the way you raise this generation is the way they're going to raise the next one. It's essential. If you exasperate your kids, they're going to resent you and they're going to resent God. If you nurture children, they're going to honor and obey you, and they're going to honor and obey God. So children, followers, you need to honor and obey. Parents, leaders, you have to nurture. 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 It's a process. And if we, in, if we will commit to these principles... If we will follow them, then we're going to enjoy a harmonious life that has a high regard for God. So obey parents and leaders. Honor parents and leaders. Nurture children and followers. I would ask you to stand right now, if you would, please. And I just want to read one more time from Ephesians chapter 6, those first four verses. And if you would close your eyes and have a little conversation with God. 
I think it would be good for all of us. I know I need to do this. As these words are read, would you decide whether you're going to follow these words or not? You're the only one that will know as a person, and of course God will know. Are you committed to these things or not? Am I committed to these things or not? As children or followers, as parents or leaders. Here's what God is telling us we need to do. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, nurture them with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And today, as we make a decision on those principles, we do that to the only God of the universe, the one who created everything, the one who is holy and mighty, and the one who loves us. And so if you want to talk about what this means to follow Jesus or, or just want to pray about something that's going on in your life, feel free to come forward as we sing this song of dedication to our great God.